Welcome to Ladies Who Love Christ, where we love to encourage you to build intimacy with Christ. We'll bring you insights and teachings to help you grow in your walk with Jesus, ultimately becoming the strong, godly woman you were created to be. Here's Ashley Pope Todorova. So let's go ahead and turn in the book to page 66 and read and find the answer together. The question itself, John saw an angel come down. What happened next? What did the angel do? And what was John commanded to do? Verses one, two, and three. This is where you're going to find your answers. Revelation 10. I saw still another mighty angel coming down from heaven clothed with a cloud and a rainbow was on his head. His face was like the sun and his feet like pillars of fire. He had a little book, okay? The seven sealed scroll. He had a little book opened in his hand and he set his right foot on the sea. Uh, I'm sorry. Yeah, his right foot on the sea and his left foot on the land. And he cried out with a loud voice as when a lion roars. When he cried out, seven thunders uttered their voices. So essentially it says right there, he set his right foot on the sea. He set his left foot on the land. He had the book and he cried out loudly. John was commanded in this moment to seal up the things which the seven thunders uttered. Okay. So John was commanded that it's not the time yet. Seal it up. Now, I would like you gals to turn to Psalm 19 verses 7 through 11. We're going to do this together. Psalm 19, verses 7 through 11. Psalm 19, nine. Give me just a sec. I did not mark. So here is what these passages say. And the reason why I'm taking you here, just in case you're wondering, at the bottom of number one, question number one, at the very bottom, you're going to see um, passages for further dissection, passages to give you uh, more information, passages to dig deeper with. And this is one of the passages. If you're working from the book, I want you to go to all of them because you're really gonna see how all of scripture is tied together, right? All of scripture, Old Testament to news tied together. So Psalm 19, seven through 11 says, the instruction of the Lord is perfect, renewing one's life. The testimony of the Lord is trustworthy, making the inexperienced wise. The precepts of the Lord are right, making the heart glad. The command of the Lord is radiant, making eyes light up. The fear of the Lord is pure, enduring forever. The ordinances of the Lord are reliable and altogether righteous. Verse 10, they are more desirable than gold, than an abundance of pure gold, and sweeter than honey, dripping from a honeycomb. In addition, uh, verse 11, in addition, your servant is warned by them, and keeping them, there is an abundant reward. Okay, so we're going to learn a little bit further down in Revelation 10 tonight. We're going to learn about what it says about God's word and about chewing on. And literally, um, it gives us imagery of eating up God's word, okay? 
all of God's instruction are, um, is, is for our good. All of God's word is for us to learn, right? For us to learn, learn what to do, learn what not to do. All of God's word. But ladies, you know, one thing that I really feel in ministry is so missed so often is that we go on Sunday to church and we expect someone to spoon feed us God's word, but we're not will willing to go to the depths of God's word ourselves. So it talks about his guidance and his instruction and his reproof and his reliability. Ladies, he is a God that is so reliable. He's a God that even when everything looks upside down in your world and you cannot understand, he is a God that makes sense. He is the one, the only one that you should be following. I think it's important for us to understand this today, right now, right here, because we in 2022 allow so many voices to speak into our minds. Oh, we allow so many voices to speak into our lives and into our hearts, right? You must know God's instruction yourself. We talked a lot about false doctrine last week, or you will be led astray. Now, number two, why was John given a measuring rod and what did the angel tell him to do? Let's go to page 68 together. The answer is found right here. 11, Revelation 11, verse one. Then I was given a reed like a measuring rod and the angel stood saying, rise and measure the temple of God, God, the altar and those who worship there. A reed refers to a hollow bamboo-like cane that grew in the Jordan Valley. And because of its lightweight and rigidity, it was commonly used as a measuring rod, okay? But what this verse is saying, what this verse in 11.1 is saying is that God, by having him measure, it's signifying ownership. In that passage, it's signifying ownership. John was told to rise and to measure the temple of God, the altar, and those who worship there. That was saying he is in complete and full ownership of those things. He is sovereign and he is in control. We know that his judgments are going to come. Number three, summarize the work of the two witnesses in uh, Revelation 11. And it talks all about the two witnesses in uh, chapter 11, verses 1 through 14. Okay, so if you want to read it in your Bible and you're working and you don't have the book, Revelation 11, 1 through 14, it's going to talk about the witnesses, but I'm going to summarize it quickly. Power was given to them and they were called to prophesy. Okay, 1,260 days, three and a half years. That's three and a half years. That's the second part of the tribulation. And God himself gave them authority, okay, to, to, um, put out certain judgments essentially and to prophesy and to bring people who were who were still willing to hopefully repent and call on the name of Christ that was their job so it was during the second part of the tribulation and then it says what's going to result from their ministry what is going to be the result of their ministry why don't we turn together to revelation 11 Verses 13 and 14, it starts at the bottom of page 69 if you're working from the book. In the same hour, there was a great earthquake and a tenth of the city fell. 
In the earthquake, 7,000 people were killed and the rest were afraid and gave glory to the God of heaven. Verse 14, the second woe is past. Behold, the third woe is coming quickly. The second woe in this verse is the sixth trumpet. Okay, the third woe that's coming quickly is the seventh and final trumpet, which is going to unleash the ultimate wrath of God in the seven bull judgments, otherwise known as the seven plagues. So all you need to know is it's not going to be pretty. It's going to be the full on complete and utter wrath of God from the holies of holy. But if you notice in that passage in verse 13, it says they were afraid and they turned and they gave glory to God. There's still, during the second part of the tribulation, going to be people repenting and coming to Jesus Christ. There's going to be many who still, to the very end, deny his name, right? But these people, these people are the ones that turn. It refers to the Jews still living who have not yet come to faith in Christ, but will turn in complete and utter repentance. So they're going to give glory to God. Let's go ahead and turn to page 72. We're really booking it tonight. Let's turn to page 72 in the book. Number four. The question is, what happened with the sounding of the seventh trumpet? If you're not working from the book, the passages that you're going to want to read in relation to this question are Revelation 11 verses 15 through 19. Revelation 11, 15 through 19, the answer is found there. The sounding of the seventh trumpet mar marks a significant milestone. Ladies, it sets in motion the final events that are leading up to the return of Jesus and the establishment of his earthly millennial kingdom. So this is the final, this is the final uh, milestone in this tribulation where it leads up to the return of Christ himself and the establishment of his earthly millennial kingdom. Now let's go in the book to Revelation 10, seven. Revelation chapter 10, verse seven, really expresses the finality, the, the completion and the finality of this seventh trumpet. Basically, God is in waves increasing waves, unleashing his wrath, right? Until the seventh trumpet with the seventh bull judgment, it's complete and utter, it's final. If you are not calling on the name of Christ, if you are not submitting your life to him, this is the final, final judgment, okay? Or the uh, final trumpet, I should say. So Revelation 10, seven says, but in the days of the sounding of the seventh angel, the seventh trumpet, when he is about to sound, the mystery of God would be finished as he declared his servants, the prophets, the mystery of God. Let's go to the right of page 67. There's a little side note if you're working from the book. If not, just listen along. This is a Greek term meaning to shut or to close, okay? to shut or to close, the mystery of God, to shut or to close. In the New Testament, a mystery is a truth that God concealed, but is revealed through Christ and his apostles. Here, the mystery is the final consummation of all things as God destroys sinners and establishes his righteous kingdom on earth. So Revelation 10, 7 is literally saying, this is it. 
everything is going to be shut up after this and there are no more chances, right? So what is the urgency as a lady who loves Christ? I started to unpack that earlier with you. The urgency, my prayer is, and the urgency I hope for you in your life is that you feel encouraged to share the gospel, the good news, that you are bold in your convictions. I talked about that today on my social media, that you're not only bold in your convictions, okay? Being bold in your convictions doesn't mean you have to be rude, but it means you're unwavering. It means you don't back down. It means you share the hope you have. It means that you share Jesus Christ, King of Kings and Lord of Lords. The Messiah means the anointed one, the one who came, who conquered. It means that you share this fervently in each aspect of your life. Sometimes, sometimes I hear from ladies about their placement in life. In a previous study, one that I wrote, I talked about our placement, our vocation and our location, our placement is so strategic by a sovereign, holy God himself, right? But you may be in a placement that you do not care for. It doesn't mean that God will not use you there. You must know his word. You must speak the truth in love. You must share the truth that you have. But ladies, that's our urgency that we know the truth. We know God's word. We have this hope. There are so many things that I go through in life. I'm parking it for a bit and I have plenty of time to do so. I'll have you done by eight. There are so many things that we go through in life. And sometimes we wonder, what is the point? What is the purpose? God always has a point and a plan. And you are literally in his divine placement, vocation and location. He'll use you there. Share the hope that you have. We have a world that is in dire need. I'm screaming out, crying out. And I say this in love, what I'm about to say is not meant to be funny. It's not meant to be laughable. We have a world of little boys that don't know if they're little girls and little girls that don't know if they're little boys. We have a world where men are loving on men and women are loving on women and it is against God. Are you going to share the truth and the hope that you have or are you going to back down? Because I promise you with every bit of my heart, we will all answer for not only the things that we say, but the things that we don't say. This is the urgency in studying. And we don't need to get into an in-depth conversation about this in the comments. The point is, is that we are in a dire, uh, a dire state of need for Christians to know God's word and to effectively share God's word. It's not a time for, for flippant Christianity. It is not. And trust me when I tell you, the things that I teach here are not the popular things. They're the things that get you hate messages constantly and texts. And you need to be a little less vocal about this. I'm going to answer for that. You're not going to answer for what I do or do not do. I answer for that. And likewise, you're not going to answer for what I don't do or do do. But you are going to answer for your life. Are you ready? That is why we're doing it. But man, am I going off. Let's go back. Let me find where I was. Okay, so this is what was happening with the release of the seventh trumpet. Now go to page 72, number five. How does this passage demonstrate God's sovereignty? 
Revelation 11, verses 15 through 19. How does that demonstrate God's sovereignty and God's authority? Ladies, it's very clear. He is a God that does not work in our timeline. He is a God that literally works in his way, in his time. Our job is to completely and utterly sacrifice our lives. Our lives are a sacrifice to the glorious King of Kings, but it is his time. He's fully and completely in control. When there are issues that are arising, like are arising in 2022, nutty things that we never thought we would see, but we're living in the day where we're seeing them. And not only are we seeing them, they're being force-fed to us. Force-fed. You're living in a world today where you can't walk the line. You can't walk the middle of the road. You have to stand firm in your conviction. God is fully and completely in control, and he is on the throne. He is on the throne. And in his way, in his time, that day that's going to come like a thief in the night, he is going to come, and he is going to judge the world. It's going to happen. It's not, it's not an if, but when. Nothing, not a drop. And my life is such a testament to this. Not an absolute speck of your life is outside of his control and his complete and utter authority. Not one speck. Nothing is beyond him. Nothing. Not one person. And what a grace-filled God. Grace, you guys should know it by now. I've told you many times. Is Charis. C-H-A-R-I-S. What a, a God of favor to during the tribulation over and over and over, give people a chance to repent and to call on his name. And still people will deny him. You're living in these times right now. You're living in a time right now where churches can't even stand their ground with strong conviction about things that are very biblical, where churches proudly uh, adorn these signs that show that they welcome certain sins and certain, it doesn't mean, listen, don't misunderstand me. Come in, come in a sinner, but my God, by the grace and glory of God, leave changed, leave different, leave in repentance. Holding hands with sin and calling it good is not the answer. That's what we're talking about tonight. He is a God that is holy. We talk about his justice. Or so often we talk about his love. We talk about his grace. We talk about his mercy. We fail to talk about his justice and his holiness. Welcome in the sinners, but tell them the truth, the good news, the gospel. Don't sugarcoat it. Don't sugarcoat it. Churches can't even do that today because they're weak churches. And if you're in a place like that, gotta run. It's time to go. It's time to go. I'm, I'm off my little tangent there. Sovereign, okay, the word sovereign in the Greek is, write this down, D-Y-N-A-S-T-E-S, D-Y-N-A-S-T-E-S, dynasties or dynasties. It is a possession of power, a possessor of power, okay? A possessor of power and full and complete authority. So how are we, as ladies who know the truth of God, who know his word, 
as ladies who seek after him, long after him, want to live our lives as a complete and utter sacrifice to him, my hope is that you have that desire. How do we live our lives? How are we to emulate this in our day-to-day -day lives? Let's go ahead and turn, and we're going to talk about that together. Turn to 1 Timothy chapter 6. 1 Timothy, it's not in the book. Chapter 6. Verses 11 through 15. Let me make sure I'm on track here. Okay. First Timothy chapter six, verses 11 through 15. So we know God's judgment and wrath is coming. We're going to study it for two more weeks after this. We know what's going to happen. We know as believers in Jesus Christ that we need to fervently and effectively and boldly share the truth that we know. But how are we to fight this fight in 22? 2022? How are we to effectively um, minister to people and share the hope that we have, the truth, the truth spoken in love? How do we apply this? First Timothy 11 tells you, fight the good fight. Let's read it. It says, but you, man of God, flee from these things and pursue, tells you what to pursue right here. Listen up. Pursue righteousness, godliness, faith, love, endurance and gentleness fight the good fight of the faith take hold of eternal life to which you were called and about which you have made a good confession in the presence of many witnesses it literally says take hold of your eternal life verse 13 in the presence of god who gives life to all and of christ jesus who gave a good confession before pontius pilate i charge you Verse 14, to keep this command without fault or, fail, or failure until the appearing of our Lord Jesus Christ. Verse 15, God will bring this about in his own time. He is the blessed and only sovereign. This is the only time that you're going to see sovereign used to describe God right there. He is the blessed and only sovereign, the King of kings and the Lord of lords, who alone is immortal. Hang with me, we're almost done. Who alone is immortal and who lives in unapproachable light. Okay, just like uh, Moses at the burning bush, who lives in unapproachable light, whom no one has seen or can see. To him be the glory and eternal uh, power forever. Amen. It literally tells us how we are to live our lives. Now, please understand something as we wrap up tonight's session. I just want to bring a little bit more clarity to what I said earlier about weak churches, because they're all around. It is actually pretty rare to find a strong church. Weak churches that when you welcome in sins and you don't tell them the good news to know that there's a sin they need to turn from. When you, when you go against God's word and you marry man with man and you marry woman with woman, that is what I'm speaking about tonight. It is not speaking the truth that you know in love. I want to make that very, very clear. We are to speak the truth in love, but we are never to water down God's word. 
We are never to water down the good news. We are never to sacrifice our convictions to make those around us like us. You will be hated in this world on account of Jesus Christ. You will be hated. You will be hated. Do not be surprised by it. Be ready for it. Be ready for it. Let's go ahead and just wrap it up. I'm really booking it tonight with you gals. Okay, so I want you to go. This is what I want you to do. I didn't even have this in my notes tonight. I want you when the study is over to write out 1 Timothy 6, 11 through 15. Write it out, hang it where you can see it. Post it in the front of your Bible, post it on your, your journal, hang it on your fridge. How we are to live our lives. You'll also find it in Galatians, Galatians 5, the fruits of the spirit, okay? Let's go ahead to, to page 73 at the bottom. Pretty sure, I wanna make sure I didn't miss anything else and we're gonna be done. Okay, I did miss one quick thing. I'm sorry, we're not gonna go there yet. Let's go to page, hang with me gals, we're almost done. I know I, I start losing people after an hour, so. Let's go to page 67, Revelation chapter 10, verses nine and 10. Here's some other um, clear, as in First Timothy, some other clear, clear instruction for us about the importance of God's word. Verse, uh, verse nine and 10, it says, so I went to the angel and I said to him, give me the little book. And he said to me, take it and eat it and it will make your stomach bitter, but it will be as sweet as honey in your mouth. Verse 10, then I took the little book out of the angel's hands and I ate it and it was as sweet as honey in my mouth. But when I had eaten it, my stomach became bitter. Essentially what this imagery is showing you Okay, it graphically illustrates taking in God's word. We are to take in God's word, not on Sundays, every day. If God's word and the study of his word is not a part of your everyday life, the starting point right now is take it in and eat it every single day because you cannot effectively live for Christ in this world that is so diametrically opposed to him without taking in his word every single day. John's physical reactions demonstrate that every believer's proper response to God's judgment should not only be sweet anticipation of his glory and our victory, we know that to be true, we're excited about it, but at the same time, the bitterness of seeing God's wrath poured out on those who reject his son. We're excited for the hope we have, but our hearts aren't for those who are still going to reject him, but that right there, sweet ladies, is why I told you, you need to know the book of Revelation. You need to know every book in, in the word of God, but the book of Revelation so that you can share, effectively share this hope that you have. And if, if you remember, as we read about tonight, let me see, I forgot it was Psalm, um, Psalm 19 verses seven through 11. It talked about God's instruction and God's word being sweet as honey. Okay. So this was not in my notes to tell you, but ladies, this ministry, Ladies Who Love Christ Ministries, we turned six in December. 
we only turn six. It is a baby ministry. This ministry is not a hand-holding ministry. I say it in love. I say it in love. We're not here to hold your hand. We're here to encourage you to go to God's word, to study his word yourself, to test and approve every word that is spoken into your life because there's a lot of false doctrine and there's a lot of false prophets. There's a lot of false people and a lot of them stand on a stage and a lot of them are more concerned with who's following them than who they are following. This is the ministry that we are. We are about God's truth in its entirety, not watering it down, not watering it down. The truth spoken in love, loving people enough to tell them the truth about their sin and their depravity. And apart from Christ, they are lost in eternal damnation, loving them enough to tell them the truth about God's word. It is not love to hide the truth of God's word. That is not love. I'm going to say it again one more time in case you're asleep. It is not love to not tell people the truth, the entirety of God's word. He loved us enough that he sent Jesus Christ. Done. It is finished. That is everything. That is how much he loved us. That's everything. Don't water it down. I am done and we are finished in about two minutes. At the bottom of page 73, the truth for today. If you're reading in the book, that's where we're at. If you don't have the book, listen along. As an exile, as an exile on the island of Patmos, John had no opportunity to preach to all the nations. But John recorded these prophecies to warn all sinners that while judgment is presently restrained, a future day is coming when the seventh angel will sound his trumpet and sin's dominion, sin's stronghold in this world will com completely be overtaken and annihilated. In that day, the freedom of Satan and his demons will come to an end. Godless men will be judged and believers will be glorified. These chapters present an interlude of hope tinged with bitterness that reminds all Christians of their evangelistic responsibilities to, the, to warn the world of that day. Evangelistic responsibilities. Who here, you don't need to answer this live. Who here has been struggling with her purpose? Who here has been wondering why you're on this earth? Who here has been wondering what you're here to do? You were made for God by God, and he gave you a story that only you have lived. Use it to bring glory and honor to him. Get serious about your walk. Get in his word every single day. When people ask you about the hope that you have, be ready to share. Be ready in that moment. Be ready to share. And don't back down. Don't back down. You will be hated on account of Christ, but there's going to come a day where you answer to the one. And you can say you did everything in your power, everything to bring glory and to bring honor to him. Ladies, he is so, so worthy of our praise. He is the only one who is worthy of our praise. Let's live our lives like it. Let's live our lives like it. Lord, I thank you for tonight. I thank you that you, every single week, when I feel so ill-equipped, you do what only you can do. You are so worthy of our praise. You are so worthy of our sold-out praise. 
Lord, let us not go the way of the world. Let us not blend in with what the world says is cool. Let us not blend in with what the world says is normal. Let us not stifle our voices because we want to fit in. Let us get bolder. Let us get louder. Let us speak the truth in love, but let us speak the truth, Lord. Give these women the strength that they need. Give them the opportunities every day. Oftentimes in the places that we don't understand why we're there, or maybe we don't want to be there. Maybe it's a cubicle that she doesn't like sitting in eight hours a day at work, but there's this person, Lord. Give her those, those opportunities to share the hope that she has. Lord, we were made for you. We were made to be, bring glory and honor and praise to you and you alone. Lord, let this completely and utterly just sink in to her heart tonight. I thank you that they're making your word the priority in their lives, Lord. And it is in Jesus' beautiful and precious and holy name we pray. Amen. Ladies, I hope you have a great night. We did it by 752. That is a record here at Ladies Who Love Christ. Um, please, please, please. I talk fast when I teach sometimes. Go back, subscribe to us on Ladies Who Love Christ on YouTube. We're on all major podcast platforms. This study is going to be up after I edit it and have my guy edit it. It's going to be up on the, the platform. Share it with people. Get in God's word this week. Study, go back, do the homework. This is a quick reminder. I am out. I cannot announce my big news until next Monday. I have really exciting news, I promise. I cannot announce it until next Monday, but I'm going to be out for two full weeks. So this gives you ample time to go back to the sessions, to catch up, to do your homework, okay, to really dig your heels in and, and do this thing. You have two whole weeks of catch up time, and then we will meet in, I think it is November 7th, if I'm correct. We will meet on that next Monday for session five and six, and we will finish this study out. God bless you, ladies. I'm so grateful you are all here. I hope you have a great night. You are such a blessing. And thank you so much for making God's word the priority in your life. God bless y'all. Bye. 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 Bye.